0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group.
2: Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network, and all your favorite podcast
2: listening apps. Thank Thank you.
1: you. I was realizing in episode 12, there there are not that many, like, new songs. Like, no. They just did, you know, um, uh, Don't set Me. Right. And then. um, That's life. That's life.
2: But yeah, there weren't any new original songs.
1: Yeah, no, no.
2: Well, I'm not surprised by that, though, because Bombshell is opening now. So we're not, we, you know, we've heard all of the newer material in the rehearsal process and in the previews. And so now that, you know, that stands to reason that unless they're going to do like a, like a switcheroo where they just change up everything after the reviews come out, that we're not going to probably get new material. Right. We do in this episode, we hear some new material from Hitlist.
1: We do. We do.
2: And finally, Kyle has his little feature song. So that was fun. Song, though. I remember that he sang something before, but was it like a real feature or did he just have like a couple lines in it?
1: I mean, he was, it was another time he was walking. Yes. <laughs> oh, so I knew you hadn't seen the season two, like at all. But yeah. I remember when I was watching, um, re-watching that, because that was uh, I believe it was the same gentleman who wrote Hallelujah. Um, who wrote Leonard?
2: That- Leonard?
1: It was everybody loves you now.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, and so he was walking in that too, and I was like <laughs> because i I know this episode, and I was like, okay, but it can't be yet because there's several <laughs> things haven't happened, but I mean, I was I was a little like, as this a-
2: was, this was an episode. We had a lot of stuff. I think we should start with um, Bombshell this time because Hitlist really took precedence this episode.
1: And your favorite came to this episode. <laughs> yes. was <laughs> so excited. <yes. laughs> as soon as I heard her voice,
2: I was like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but we open up this episode with someone that's not necessarily my favorite, although, you know, I just, eh, she's meh, um, Kathy Lee Gifford, <laughs> or I guess it's just Cassie, Kathy Lee now. I don't think she uses Gifford anymore. Oh, because he passed? I don't know if that was the reason. I just think she was trying to make herself her own a- autonomous uh, performer. Okay.
1: Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure but uh top of this episode kathy lee is like in front of the camera wearing a Marilyn wig uh saying you know we're about to do an interview with ivy lynn a real live broadway show she's going to teach us how to do fox mambo uh and so like we see then all of this they do the fox mambo number um and kathy lee is in it as well um eileen and tom are talking outside of this interview and eileen's like where is julia And Tom's like, I don't know, we don't live together anymore. And Eileen does the eyebrow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Eileen tells her, tells Tom, see, this is why I almost wonder if maybe Eileen isn't trying to like subvert some stuff because Eileen was the one that told Rosie that Tom was doing City of Angels. And now Eileen is telling Tom that Julia is writing The Great Gatsby for- Eileen. Yeah, it's weird though, right? I mean, it, it could just be innocent. But it's also like it's happening a lot with just this particular duo. Yeah. So it's weird, I wonder. Um, but he tells Tom, and Tom's like upset, even though he told Julia that he was just gonna be directing, whatever. Uh Ivy is being run into the ground. She's as, yelling during the Yeah, she's
1: yelling. <laughs> teaching the kids the mambo she's
2: yawning yes because of because she had just done like three interviews the day before and then like she's got her whole schedule is planned out and literally like Eileen is like so you've got this interview then your matinee performance then you've got this Q&A then your evening performance and then you and it was just like uh uh-uh see if it was me I'd be like no if it's a two-show day I will be doing two shows that is all but like she's I mean it's it's nuts the amount of stuff that they are doing with her but it's all to get sales um and Agnes is basically saying that sales are not what they should be
1: uh on the Tony so they're
2: also they're also yeah so yeah right the stress right now is to keep it open at least until June so that they are considered for the Tony awards Mm -hmm. because that is what they're going for now Tom and Julia are having this conversation. Tom is mad about Gatsby and is being a butt is what I wrote <laughs> because he's like, um, so great. Uh, we're going to be writing it together. Then let Scott know or whatever it was. It was, it, but he like basically said, you're not going to do it without me. Even though I was the one that told you to do it without me before I, and I, then I wrote in all caps, what happened to Tom? know. <laughs> Oh, it makes me angry, but like Julia didn't say anything after that. He just walked away and she's just like standing there in stunned silence. Agnes then brings up to Eileen that Hitlist is having their opening and that all of her other producer clients are gonna be going. Oh. So she and Eileen should get tickets to go and see the competition and maybe be the producer? Question mark. Um, I mean, that's kind of what they intimated, but nothing was ever really mentioned yet. So then you're like, oh, I wonder if that's what, is this what Agnes is trying to do? Is this what I, so there's a little bit more
1: of. Agnes does say everybody's looking for their next show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom
2: then, back with Tom and Julia Tom is like, how did Scott take it when you told him that you weren't going to be doing Gatsby anymore? And Julia was like, I am going to be doing Gatsby in the fall. And she's writing a play and she doesn't need any music in it because it's just going to be a play. Mm -hmm. And then Julia says, I made a promise. And then Tom is like, what about your promise to me? And Julia is like, I was totally committed to you. Anything you want to do, I will do. And Tom is like, well, I want to do this. And she's like, well, I can't. And a week ago, you said something completely different. So get the heck out.
1: But that was after she did oh, go that's... and tried to pull and pull out the, the rug from under him for the second time. Yeah. And then... Yeah. It just, ugh. But- She made the right decision
2: to stay with Scott because that that is the right decision. Tom didn't want anything to do with it, but she's like, I offered you a wrapped gift of the great Gatsby and you turned it down. So now they're doing this question and answer interview where Ivy is like moderating it Mm -hmm. and all of their laundry is being aired for all of these people that are there. And they are passive-aggressive and snarky with each other. And at one point, Tom says, they are doing The Great Gatsby. And Julia says, uh, 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 I am doing The Great Gatsby. And some audience member is like, so does that mean you don't work together anymore? And Tom's like, yeah, I guess it does mean that we don't work together anymore. And he breaks up with her. Oh, I was livid. (laughs) So now we're after this interview. People can
1: really- shaking my head, but I'm just really upset.
2: It is upsetting. It is upsetting because all they flip and have to do is like stop for a second, take a breath, mm-hmm. and then have an actual conversation where they're not talking at each other or around each other, but actually to each other.
1: Julia was was being very reasonable. Even the conversation they have after they do that interview, she's like just being really honest. And, and vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and saying I wrapped this in a gift, like I with a bow for you, and you didn't want it. Well, and she even says in the same conversation that you're talking about, you told me
2: last week that you only want to direct. Yes. Maybe we're just doing going different directions, yeah. and that's when Tom said, or maybe it only works when it's all about you. <laughs> to which Julia is like, you didn't ask me to wait for you for six months, like I offered to do. You told me you didn't want me to wait for you. So I didn't, oh, maddening. But then Julia says, you know, this is the first thing that I've done that has made me truly happy in months. Mm -hmm. And Tom is like, great, so there's our answer. You're happier without me basically,
1: which is so dumb. Oh, he just took it to the nth degree and I was like being such a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truly. And maybe you can do, you can do the ancillary music, you know, because plays need music. Or maybe you can support
2: her like she was trying to support you in your separate endeavors. maybe if you just don't pull the trigger so fast you yeah. won't kill or burn bridges i know i know you uh. know and then ivy isn't returning any of derek's calls or even answering them it's going straight to voicemail i know absolutely good and now we're going to hit list <laughs> which is a train wreck all to itself
1: it
2: is. <sighs> okay so all of these producers are coming to the show tonight. I think he said he he asked like 11 producers to come and see oh, yeah. this, partic- this performance. Like he made sure that everyone was coming this night. So yeah. this night has to be the night. And who's missing? Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing like this photo shoot that's supposed to be the cover of New York Magazine. But Jimmy doesn't show up. And that means that they can't do the cover anymore. So now it's just going to be an inside of the magazine editorial base, or not editorial, just a picture spread. Jimmy then finally shows up because Kyle's been calling him nonstop. He falls out of a taxi cab with two women.
1: It looked like there was vomit on his shirt.
2: Oh, no, really? I didn't see that.
1: When Hilarious. He the taxi. I was like, ew, what is on your shirt? <laughs> down. There was nothing. So, but it was also a different shirt. Oh. A couple of buttons at the top when he was laying down. But when he came out of the taxi, there were no buttons and it literally looked like there was vomit on Interesting. His-
2: Maybe that scene was cut <laughs> where he's changing his vomit shirt.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family.
2: they missed their opportunity to do the cover um Derek is watching all of this and there was a time that Jimmy's antics made him laugh it was it was a source of humor to Derek but he is now starting to realize that it's not funny anymore I missed all of that I'm sorry
1: Oh, sorry. What was it though? Because I feel like Derek was always annoyed by him.
2: Well, remember when he kind of discovered that the reason he didn't like Jimmy was because Jimmy was him? And then suddenly it was like, okay, this is a form of entertainment now. I don't necessarily like it, but it's something to watch and be entertained by. I think that was more more than being a funny thing. It was just a source of entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Scott and Julia uh are talking about the great gatsby julia's like i screwed up i didn't realize that tom was going to want to do this but now he does and scott is like you said that we would work together on this and i'm holding it to that so he's not giving an inch and he shouldn't no he
1: shouldn't
2: right um so anyway then we're uh we go to kyle and jimmy kyle is trying still to do he's basically trying to be the liaison between Jimmy and everybody else and solving all of Jimmy's problems.
1: At that point when Jimmy was late was when uh, Derek made the decision to get him an understudy.
2: Yes, but we don't know that yet because this is the scene just preceding that where we see the lighting guy come in and Jimmy's like, oh, so you haven't told him that you had an affair with Tom? That kind of thing. So we know that
1: he's... But but Derek does say... When Jimmy's late, I'm about. He talks about the understudy there. Oh, does he? Yeah, he talks. Oh, about, interesting. You know, I he, missed that completely. <laughs> he, he talks about it there because because he's so frustrated, and he's like, "I don't want, I don't want. Um, if this is gonna happen, I don't want this to be uh, something that hurts the show." So yeah. he does mention it. It's not a very long mention, but he does okay. wanting to find one and that's the smart
2: thing to do i mean any any show like this should have
1: broadway it's not off off it's off
2: right but it's you know it's i don't know it is a limited run so i think in terms of that maybe that's why they made the decision not to i don't know anyway but you've got the guy like jimmy who's notoriously undependable um, so Kyle and Jameer are having that conversation. And then in pops this random guy that asks, is this where the audition for Jesse is? <laughs> so these two kind of pop up and are like, what? Then I'm going to let you tell them who we get to see auditioning.
1: So we go back into the theater and Leslie's back. So, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, and his voice. Uh, Listen, y'all, I love Jeremy, Jordan, Mm and his (laughs) singing. Yes. But, like, Leslie has this, I don't, (sighs) you know. It's It's
2: like butter.
1: It really is. So
2: smooth and rich and creamy and sweet. (laughs) And easy. Mm-hmm. it just runs out of his body it's like w- these notes can't wait to hit the audience's ears like they just roll off the back of his tongue it's beautiful and, and they're you know,
1: sitting there in the audience and he looks like how we all feel yeah <laughs> like he you can tell he's feeling it all up in his body just like everyone else does when like Leslie- <laughs> It's true. It's so true.
2: <laughs> and in the middle of this audition, Jimmy bursts onto the stage demanding, what are they doing? How dare you? This is my role. And Derek is like, uh, it's the role of your understudy. <laughs> and if you had been here, you would have known that because yeah. I've been here for the past several days. Oh, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Um, Kyle. Okay. So then Jimmy like leaves in a huff Karen and Anna are talking. Karen is like, I, I said something like I couldn't, I just, what did she say? I don't remember what she said, but Kyle then turns on Karen and says, you broke up with him after demanding that he open up to you. And as soon as he did, he wasn't good enough anymore. And so Kyle is angry at Karen. So he gets up to go to talk to Jimmy. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Derek bursts in on that conversation because Kyle is basically like, don't blow this, right. you know? Um, oh, it was don't blow this because someone broke your heart. I think yeah. that's what he said. But like, just don't, stop being a, a jerk. Derek bursts in on this conversation and he puts down the, the iron hammer and says, this is your ultimatum. You either ship up or I will replace you with the person we just hired to be your understudy.
1: Yeah. Good. Sam, would he? I, I would watch. I would watch him do that role. Yes, I would. Yes, yes I, would. I would. I would pay money for that role. Good.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, there's something about having a man looking like Leslie Odom Jr. with a woman that looks like Catherine McPhee mm-hmm. in this kind of grungy setting mm-hmm and setting it up where he's the one that's victimized by her stealing his thoughts and ideas.
1: Mm.
2: It would, I, I think that would be, that would tell you so much more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, and he's just beautiful.
1: <laughs> I w- mm, that would have been good. I would watch that. Oh,
2: totally. So then Kyle also mentions to Jimmy that his mom and dad are coming to town to see the show, and maybe you should come in and have dinner with us. But then he flakes. And I don't know why, because Kyle's mom is none other than my favorite, Carolee Carmelo. And she's like the perfect epitome of stage mom where she's so proud. And she's like, do you want his autograph? Well, here, I'll give you my autograph. I'm his mom. (laughs) And what I love, too, is that Kyle's boyfriend is there at dinner as well. So that's just, I mean, like that family And that does not surprise me because of the way Kyle treats Jimmy. And ultimately also because we find out that his family opened up its arms to Jimmy as well. Because in the next scene, Carolee says, is he back on drugs?
1: Yeah.
2: Is he using again? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, you know, they know all of his warts. And they still accept him. Oh,
1: so sweet people.
2: They are. Who was the man? Because he looked familiar, too. And their names, I loved, were Mr. and Mrs. Bishop. They didn't have first names. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Jimmy shows up. Oh, God. This made me so mad. Okay. So, after this conversation, you see that Mom, Dad, Kyle, and Lighting Guy, because I can't remember his name, No. Um, are, are walking to the theater in order to do the show. Um, we hear the stage manager call 10 minutes and Derek asks her if Jimmy has shown up yet to which the answer is no. Then Jimmy shows up, 10 minutes to the show! He he has drugs, he takes drugs from his locker, just a baggie of white powder. He is late for his entrance, causing the orchestra to Uh, vamp on his entrance music i think three or four times before he finally runs on stage and starts singing so bad during the performance jimmy changes the blocking uh during the song don't let me know which is a new song for us also i don't understand
1: this show it looks awful oh caroline Carmelo does have a first name oh she does it's marie bishop oh
2: okay but i saw mr bishop so maybe i was right on one count
1: yeah i'm trying to find out who he is (laughs) okay keep going okay
2: um the don't let me know is this weird number. So like what we see as the audience is Jimmy or Jesse, his character playing the piano and working out a musical number in his own mind in his apartment. Right. And Mm -hmm. then we see, and so like, it's really slow moving. There's no real energy. Then Karen comes in even less energy comes to the piano. Mm -hmm. What are you working on? And he says, I was working on this new song. Here, do you want to try it? And she takes the music and starts to sing this number, don't let me know. And then basically the choreography then from that point is her taking this music to different venues. So she starts small in a nightclub, then she moves on to oh. social media, then she moves up to a bigger stage and now she's like a big star. It's the dumbest number I've ever seen. Like it's, if I saw that in the theater, I'd be like, this isn't going anywhere. This show is awful. <laughs> then, at the end of the penultimate number of the show, where we have learned that the diva comes in and shoots Karen. Yeah. Character,
1: mm-hmm.
2: The moment where she shoots her, Karen falls back hard. Wow. And we realize that she wasn't meant to fall back on her own. She was meant to be caught by Jesse or Jimmy's character, but he wasn't there. He was somewhere else on stage doing blocking and God knows what what, whatever he was thinking drugged up Jimmy. Anyway, so he runs up to her and is like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And like, then they finish this number. Now we see them backstage and they're doing a quick change. And Jimmy's like, I'm really sorry. Are you okay? And she's like, you don't get to ask me that right now. Her arm is bleeding. It's bleeding. And like, there's a huge, like just a huge gash, right? So then she's putting on her clothes. Kyle's like, are you okay? And she's like, it's fine. It's just a scratch. And then they go on to do the final number, which is equally bad as don't
1: let me know. I Uh, don't understand it. Okay. So don't let me know. I agree with you. I like (laughs) the song, but yeah, there was no energy. And I understood they were trying to show like she always does. Yeah. Writes a song, she steals it, and then she uses all of his work to become famous.
2: Yeah, but they could have done that in such a better way.
1: No, I agree. I agree. So, like, the song I like, yeah. but I didn't like the direction. It was but awful. I didn't like it all. And then, um, oh, just to say, that song, Don't Let Me Know, uh, is written by Silvis and Jamie Alexander Hartman, okay? And then the Goodbye song is written by Joe Iconis.
2: I love Joe Iconis, right. and I'm sure that I liked the song. I don't remember it well enough because I was so, like, confused. Is she dead? Did she
1: survive? The- she is dead. And if you listen- So why does he see her? You listen to the lyrics of the song, right? Like, I have seen this before, right? Where you have somebody who is dead, and it's oh, not everybody saw her. The only yeah. people Star on this date. The only person was was Jimmy, right? Okay.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Thing of like she, the two of them are singing. He doesn't want her to go, but she and she doesn't want to go, but she has to because she's yeah. killed. she's so dead. That's basically, the song. That's basically the song. Ebony, normally, yeah, I
2: love that kind of stuff. I love those emotional punches. Yeah. I, I I give me a dead person singing along with the chorus any day. I love it. There is. Some, it was so confusing and so dumb. And then you see the diva pop up, and you're like, "Is she the diva right now? Because she murdered someone."
1: The director, That's the case. Not either. I agree. Huh? The it was,
2: it was awful. Yeah, that wasn't
1: good.
2: Her take this long trek around to the back, where then she's in complete blackness and leaves the stage. And I'm like why would you put her in blackness if we're meant to see her leaving? I'm do- sorry. I just hated it. Yeah, cuz it was like the little staircases. I mean, she was it wasn't complete blackness, but it was dark enough that you're like uh, it was it was off. Anyway, I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> I agree
1: the direction was not great. I agree with you. I,
2: I just didn't understand it. <sighs>
1: Because when when uh, Anna comes out, I was like, "Yeah, that's what."
2: Also, okay. Because at first I was like, "Okay, she's she's dead. This is her. This is her um, Fontaine moment."
1: And and that like, okay. So Anna shouldn't have been there at all. It's no at all. And if you had to put her in, she should have been way in the back as an ensemble member. Wearing
2: some sort of a disguise so that we didn't recognize, she's too recognizable to be in an ensemble number.
1: She's like in front of everybody dancing. So just yeah. didn't make any sense. None,
2: none. So that was why I was ultimately confused. Cause at first I was like, okay, she's dead. That's fine. But then you're like, wait, is she, n- maybe she survived. And she's just like, never mind. I'm out of the business. I don't like being shot. I don't know. Yeah, no. I know. And maybe it's, it'd be different if we saw the entire show from start to finish instead of just seeing bits and pieces, but like the bits that we saw, I just
1: wasn't impressed by. It was weird. I, I, uh, I do like that song and I actually, so I've been listening to it. I listened to it. Um, uh, it's written by Joe Iconis and Salazar, actually, they wrote it together. Okay. And uh, I was watching on YouTube a rendition that that they recorded together, and the whole thing is slow. Okay, it would have made more sense for this uh, scene mm. because it's a good the goodbye song, and yeah. yeah, to understand uh, wanting to leave on, even though it's not necessarily a high note, but like an up note. Yeah, I mean, and so that it's sort of Lee, you leave with a little bit more. I mean, it's sort of why they did, um, it's similar to why they did Don't Forget Me at the end. Yeah. Just die.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But then there was also this weird moment too at the end of the song. So like this entire time, Jimmy is sad and pining and watching her and watching her dead body move across the stage, right? And then all of a sudden jumps into the group of dancers with a huge smile on his face and starts moshing with them. It was so odd. Well, he was high. He was high. So maybe he wasn't meant to actually do that in the, okay. He I was. mean, that makes more sense. But I was just like, this is awful. <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Yes. So at the end of this, listen, we just found out that this is Jimmy's last performance. Derek is done with him. He's like, this isn't funny anymore. You're going to ruin my reputation. You're going to ruin the show. You're out. Sam is going to take over. We're taking a couple of days off.
1: He only says that to Kyle. And then Kyle says, can I tell him? Which I hate. It is not your responsibility, Kyle.
2: At some point, a grown man is going to have to stand up on his own.
1: Yeah.
2: And it also, at some point, even though you have a bad history of making terrible mistakes and maybe even being victimized in that way, if you can put words to it, you can change it.
1: Yeah,
2: You're not a victim anymore. So let's get out of that headspace. If I were Kyle, that's what I would say. Yeah. Listen, man, I love you. You're my brother. My family loves you unconditionally. But right now, you're acting like a victim, and you're not anymore. So knock it off.
1: Well, he he does in the next scene. He yeah, he doesn't coddle him anymore. Even in well, the- but he
2: doesn't really say it either. I mean, he tells him that he's not going to be in the show anymore, but he doesn't ultimately. He well let's just say Jimmy doesn't give him the opportunity to say much more than you're not in the show anymore. They're giving it to Sam because then Jimmy spectacularly jumps up onto the bar and gives a lovely speech downplaying the show saying, Oh, guess who's not going to be the lead anymore, everybody. And everyone at the bar is like, boo. And then he's like, and Kyle's been sleeping with Tom. Sorry. And then boyfriend lighting guy gets up and leaves in a huff. So he's hurt. Karen, he's hurt physically and emotionally, he's hurt Kyle, who was his best friend, but he also, this is what kills me, at the end of that little speech, he said, um, I, I can't remember the words and I wish that I'd written them down, but he says, basically, that Kyle is in love with him, but he doesn't want Kyle to be in love with him, he wants Karen to be in love with him. Right.
1: Not the one he wanted.
2: Right, not the one he wanted. So that was oh, it's just like, get out of here. So he leaves in a huff. Kyle goes over, he's basically like, I'm done with him. I should go talk to him now. And Karen is like, don't. Cause he's gonna bat his eyelashes and apologize and make everything right with you again just like he always does. And then he's like, well, maybe I should move out. And Karen is like, yeah, you should. And he's like, well, I'll do that tomorrow. And Karen's like, no, you should do it now while you still have the courage (laughs) it was kick him out because that's what he him out yes i'm sorry not move out but kick him out so then we see this montage song that kyle uh kyle sings which is called the last goodbye by jeff buckley okay do you know what though there's one more thing that happens before that montage so just quickly Mm -hmm. um Derek calls Eileen because he's been informed that all of the producers. So okay, there's this moment outside the stage door. <laughs> Were yes. you going to say that too? Who producers are. Oh yeah, um, Kevin, um, McCollum. McCollum, thank you. Uh, and who is the woman?
1: Pearl Roth. She has seven Pulitzer prizes. She okay, it's her to have that many. So these two producers are talking us. Do you know what Kevin produced? This is another sledgehammer moment. I know. See, I know the name more than, oak. Oh, of course.
2: Of course it is. Hi. Huge sledgehammer, because they even mentioned that show then in this conversation, because it's him and her and Agnes. They're yeah. talking about the show. The two producers seem positive about it, but Agnes is like. Mm, I don't know. It seems rather culty to me. Um, you know, like one of those, like Hedwig or whatever. And Kevin is like, well, Avenue Q rent. I like these kind of shows, yeah. but she's like, I don't know. It's, it's not, She uh, it was like, I like edge. And she's like, this isn't edge. This is a cliff. <laughs> uh, and so basically convinces them not to do it. Yeah. So then Agnes, uh, Oh no, not Agnes. Oh yes, Agnes, but in, in a certain way, just a second, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. (laughs) So Derek finds out about the other producer. said, I'm going to call Eileen. So he calls Eileen and Eileen is basically like, I can't do it right now. You know, I got to look out for the show that I've got, um, the money. Yeah. I don't have the money, but like, I, I just can't, I'm sorry. And they leave on good terms. He hangs up. Love you. We'll talk later, whatever. Then Agnes comes in and she's like, well, it's a, I guess it's a good thing. Then we've got rid of our, our biggest competition. So it does feel like there is some, I don't want to believe it of (laughs) Eileen.
1: And and I'll be honest, I can't remember, but I think there's something significant about her looking at the program and looking at Bombshell. And, you know, she said she liked it. She didn't want to like it, but she did like it. Yeah. She's like, she doesn't have the money, which is totally understandable because, she, you know, she was struggling to get the money for bombshells. So. Yes.
2: But it also, it's like, you know, that Agnes and, and Eileen had this conversation beforehand saying, nope, we can't do it. You do not want that kind of competition for the Tony Awards. Do not do it. Like, we know that this scene probably happened.
1: Right. But
2: it's just, it. I wonder... Like, it makes me wonder if Eileen is also kind of trying to, because Agnes outright said to the other producers, do not touch this show. Right. Meaning she probably wants it for her client Eileen. And maybe Eileen truly can't afford it right now. And that's the reason they can't open the show. But they also ruined their chances to go to Broadway this season by telling the other producers that it was a waste of time Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and money. So that's yeah. why I'm like, oh, I don't want to think that Eileen had a part in that. No. And I'm hoping that it was all Agnes. But...
1: I like, feel like she wouldn't feel like, don't feel like she would do that. Oh, we're going to have to hold on for like w- one full minute because this fire extinguisher is dying. <laughs> we'll do several beeps.
2: Oh, <laughs> and also before the song montage, uh, Karen and Derek, are commiserating at the bar together and then go home together question mark
1: i don't think they sleep together you don't i don't
2: i don't know what to think I, it's so like they, they all of these kind of like preludes that they're putting into place here are just like are is this meant to be a swedish fish
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i don't know i just don't think I don't know why i think that maybe i'll find wrong next episode but maybe
2: i mean i don't think that karen would have but it's weird like it's it seems very flirtatious even from like the second she sat down with him Mm -hmm. i don't know weird Mm -hmm. okay now the song montage first we see kyle walking going to his apartment probably he's gonna pack up jimmy's stuff this song is called Last Goodbye, so that's the reason he's packing his stuff up. Mm-hmm. Then we see Thomas sad. <laughs> and that's all. Then we see Julia working on on Great Gatsby under the watchful eye of Scott who's very proud of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we see Eileen looking at the playbill from Hit List and then she kind of looks out the window at this huge billboard of bombshell. So you're right. I mean, there is an indication that this is something that she doesn't want to miss out on. She just can't do it right now. Right. Um, Then we see Kyle packing all of Jimmy's stuff and he takes it over to a house, knocks on the door and Adam answers. And I was like, is Jimmy at Adam's? Crazy. And then we find out he is. He is. Because then Adam's like it's for you because like Kyle only he drops his bag off at the door knocks and leaves like he's out Mm -hmm. and Adam opens the door he's like it's for you Kyle comes to the door and gets his stuff but that's all we see but I'm like seriously dude like you have one upset one disappointment and you just head right back to the place that you just told us you didn't want to be
1: he has nowhere else to go I mean but whose fault (laughs) is that
2: Like, all you had to do was be a decent human being. (laughs) And it was a very low threshold of decent for Kyle. He wasn't expecting much from you.
1: He wasn't.
2: (sighs) Derek. mm.
1: Point out one thing about Carolee. Yeah. At the the after party, (laughs) um, she does the thing, she walks up to Karen, you were so great. Will you sign my playbill? Which is back to what Kyle did the first time he met her. Yes. Signed the the flop playbill. It's precious. I loved it.
2: We see Derek and Karen walking home. Then we see Kyle and headlights. And I wrote, Kyle hit by a car? And it was literally like, of course. Of course it has to be the one that we like, the one that's been responsible, the one that has been like, and now he's finally standing up for himself. And what happens? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he gets hit by a car and potentially dies or gets like seriously injured. He's Which got- is gonna be the wake up call for Jimmy. But then Jimmy is ultimately gonna fail again. Cause he's, he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for his, uh, for someone else. And ugh, should I call the rest of the season? <laughs>
1: uh well I mean um some of that's right and some of it isn't but he is dead oh he did die that sucks man no spoilers
2: I I guess we should have said spoilers
1: but I actually I didn't believe it because it's such a shock yeah Well, you know, and I think, I mean,
2: that is what they're starting to do now in these episodics is that they are dramatically killing off these people so that they cannot come back to the show again.
1: Shadowing. I mean, Derek did say you just need one good death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Well, that's disappointing.
1: I know. I love Andy Mencius. I loved his character. I, yeah. Me too.
2: And now what's going to happen with hit list
1: well that's the other thing right this is another rent callback right like this is another moment just yeah that's over the head with the dramatic death of one of the, the writer of the creator yeah
2: mm-hmm. so they'll have a a black box performance of one of the numbers with candles <laughs>
1: end of the episode now we're just going to talk about okay my my roommate and i were talking about this and she was just like i don't understand if like joshua saffron doesn't know who this is for like he doesn't know his audience yeah because i said these bits that these like these like just beating us over the head with a sle- sledgehammer that mm-hmm. hit list is meant to be the new rent the things he's throwing in there are things that only people like you, me, and her are going to get, right? Mm-hmm. But like, we didn't need all this. No. I'm saying we don't need all of this. It's too much. Yeah. It's like a love letter. It just feels like somebody is just beating it.
2: Too it, down. Like- it doesn't feel like a love letter. It feels like plagiarism. It feels like what you did was you took the exact story that happened and you just changed the words. Yeah. Yeah. Just enough. Or just changed
1: the character. Just enough. Just enough. It really does. It's very, I, I, it it just frustrates me so that, I mean, and then I was like, I I told you it gets worse because there was Kevin McCollum, right? (laughs) I was like, really? And then, oh, this was the other point. And I don't know if you saw it, mm. but behind Jesse L. Martin, of course, there's a the poster. But yeah. yeah. we talked about. But then there's also another poster, Dirty Blonde, which is the yeah. version of Marilyn. And I was like, but really? But really? <laughs> and then you've got two
2: cast members from the original company of Rent. <laughs>
1: I don't remember but maybe like I'm like Adam will probably show up Anthony will probably show up like it's just gonna be and I uh like probably Freddie I don't know it's gonna maybe be- Adina will make an appearance it definitely doesn't <laughs> okay definitely doesn't. but I like I can't remember and I'm like do the other three come in mm. at some point and I can't remember but uh Tell you what,
2: some shenanigans happening at Smash.
1: <laughs> oh, episode 13. Lucky 13. Such a dick. Yeah. So, how many episodes do we have left? Um, I think there are. Season 17, so we have four okay. more. And then, did they leave off season
2: two expecting to have another season? It's it's cleared
1: up enough. Okay. You know, because it 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 was, uh, shaky. You know, I I was looking back at an old article from this episode, and they had plummeted in the ratings. Mm. I mean, it was like less than two million were watching. Yeah. So uh, they they knew that they might not make it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. It's cleared up enough. Okay, Yeah. that's good. <laughs> and there's our two cents. There's our two cents. We're up to episode 13. And so, you know, a lot of feelings, poor Kyle. I Rest know. It's really sad. It is sad. Boo.
2: Did Jimmy witness it? Because it seemed like Jimmy may have been running after him.
1: I, I, I don't think so, but we'll see. I don't I do okay. think so.
2: Because that was another time where there was just weird camera angles. Like you saw from the legs down, and then you saw a close-up of his boots, and then you saw a close-up of his face, and then you saw his whole body walking from a distance, and then you see the front of him
1: and car headlights. And it was like, what? It's such a weird... Happens. I was like, I was like, is he dead? I remember being there this time. I didn't wouldn't even watch it because I'm mad.
2: Well, I didn't, I didn't ultimately imagine that he would die. I thought he would just be hurt. He's gone. That's sad. And Kyle is going to beat himself up because he ultimately put him in that position.
1: Jimmy is. What did I say? He said Kyle.
2: I did. <laughs> now I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. Jimmy is going to be so mad. He will. Yeah,
1: he will. Um, He'll take
2: it all on himself. Do a bunch of mea culpas. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, well, there you go.
1: Yep. There we go. Thank you for listening. Yes.
2: Thanks for joining us on this wild ride.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGA B-Way and on Facebook
2: at Theater Geeks Anonymous.
1: And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGA B-Way.